so much for joining us for our Bible study tonight. We are certainly looking forward to hearing the word from Bishop Weathers. Uh, in this time that we're in, he has prepared a wonderful message for us. So at this time, you will be hearing Bishop Larry Weathers sing. Praise the Lord to the people of God. We're so happy to be here uh, to go into your homes or wherever you are today. Uh, we thank you for thanking enough of us to be here, and we just thank God for his wonderful blessings. Uh, that he has bestowed upon us, and God has been so good to us. And I think that we can look around in the world today and we can find so much to be thankful for. And sometimes I tell Vision uh, at church, I said, find more things to be thankful for. And I think at this time, in these seasons that we are living in now, we can find so much uh, to be thankful for because God is so wonderful and he's so good to us and he's brought us from a mighty long way, and we're looking for him to do wonderful things. Thank you so much, certainly, for the text that we got uh, last week and also on Sunday, how God bless your soul with his word. And all we are are paper boys delivering a message of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask everybody at this time to bow your head as we go to God in prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, we come to this time thanking you for your manifold blessings. We thank you for health, life, and strength. We thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We thank you for your tender mercy. We thank you for one more day. Give us this day our daily bread. And you've done that, God. A continuous, continuous uh, in these troubled days, in these chaotic times, and you said best in Scripture in these perilous times. We thank you for being here. And if the song is playing in the background, pray for me. And we're here today because somebody prayed for us. Somebody has us on their mind, not only yesteryear, but every day. And even in this virus, somebody is praying for us. When we think about that, we think of a father that prayed for us. We think, I think my own mother introduced me to prayer. She would call all of our names uh, to have us lead the prayer, that mama would end that prayer. So we're here today because prayer has brought us here, and prayer will lead us on. And it is prayer. We're praying for the sick and afflicted. We're praying for those that's in nursing homes behind prison bars. They might be locked down, but they're not locked out from your love. And Father God, we ask that you bless all the churches all over the world and country, all your people, all your ministers. Give them strength. Remember our government today, those that desire and all the capacities of the government. Give them strength and let them realize that's a higher power. And through all of this, you've got something else in mind for this whole world. And you are universal because you're everywhere at the same time. And we bless, ask you bless all the listeners. And if there be a man, a woman, a girl, or boy that don't know you uh, right today, Father God, let them realize they're not too far out in sin that you can't bring them back to your love. We're going to leave everything in your hands because you do everything well. And we thank you, God, that we have somebody praying for us. Amen and amen. Just listen to this a little bit. Pray for me. The whole world needs prayer. Prayer can get where we can get. And through prayer, God's people can turn things around. How many of you ever, at the midnight hour, just open up your eyes and say, Lord, for me to get through this, you got to help me. 
get up early in the morning. Don't even feel like going to work. Don't feel like because the weight of this world. But you say, God, you got to help me. Prayer. Probably this far. And prayer will lead us on. Just let him, let Moses Tyson minister to you on the altar. Well, you are right tonight, and he can hear, and he can answer prayer. We used to say the song, if you call on Jesus, he will. Yeah, he's still doing it, answering prayer. Made heaven and earth. 
I want to leave there for a while, then uh, momentarily we will leave and we will come back and revisit again this Psalms, I'm sure. I would like tonight to leave this theme uh, with you tonight in the question form. I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you have a visual? Do you have a visual? And just follow me. You'll find out where I'm going. Do you have a visual? First and foremost, to ever understand uh, the scripture, we have to understand certainly the definition uh, of the word, our words. And um, one of the definition of visual is uh, there's several, but one that I, I like. It is of of our relating to seeing our sight. Of our relating to seeing our sight. Remember, I asked the question: Do you have a vision? And when you think of that, you can tie it in. Am I able to see? Am I able to have a sight? Then number two, it says as in a visual image, uh, in a visual image uh, used in seeing. Some people learn better with a visual. Other people can listen all day long for you to talk, for you to speak, to be as a great orator as people are, uh, but they can't comprehend as much as people when they can see a visual. Uh, then lastly, uh, the visual senses, the visual senses. So I'm asking a question tonight in this Bible study after coming from Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I'm asking a very serious question to you tonight, and only you can answer this question. Do you have a visual? Probable everybody that's listening to me understands and realize that when people when are in armed forces, uh, the soldiers, uh, and when they're in the army and when they're going where the enemy is and engaging in natural warfare, uh, one of the things that uh, soldiers will say back to each other with a radio, they ask them, do you have a visual? And another group of people, which are uh, police, uh, when they have somebody barricaded into a house, when they have somebody that has broken into a bank and robbing a bank, but they're still there, and if they're in there, they'll have their walkie-talkies, their radio back and forth, and they ask them, they ask back and forth, him or her, do you have a visual? And the visual that they would ask of them, they are actually saying, do you see them? Have you, have you sighted them? Have you found them? Because it's very crucial in those times of war and the time of criminals to be caught. It's important uh, that the law enforcement, it's important that uh, those that's in the army, the soldiers, it's important that the that they will see the enemy before the enemy sees them. Because if the enemy uh, can sight them first, it could be loss of life. It could be something very devastating for them, and they will 
say to each other, pass the word about, and I've heard them say a lot of times, we have a visual. And when they say we have a visual, what actually they're saying, we see somebody moving. We know where they are. So I want to just, in a, when you look at that, that, that may look like a, a negative connotation. But I want to flip the script a little bit and look at it in a positive way. And all that is going on uh, with the viruses that's going on, with the sickness, with the homeless, with everything that is going on, uh, the economy now the way it is, uh, people without, without jobs, uh, people without anybody to care for them, uh, low self-esteem, and with all that is going on in the day and time we're living in, I want to flip the script again, and I want to ask you a question. When it comes to God, do you have a clear visual on him in the midst of all the chattering, in the midst of all the noises that we hear in the world, wars, rumors of wars, and people are suffering? And let's face it. There's a lot of calamities that have went on in America before the coronavirus. There's a lot of things that happened. But it's important right tonight that you have a clear visual that you can see the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. In the midst of all that is going on, you can look beyond what you see in the natural and see it in the spiritual, and you can see him in his glory. You can see him in his power. You can see him making a way out of no way. You can see him in this season. You can see somebody that is a provider for you. You can see somebody with that visual. You can see him uh, making a way out of no way. And so uh, do you have a visual? And the visual that I'm talking about tonight, that you look beyond the earthly situation, and you look toward heavenly. You look toward heavenly things, and the vision that I want you to see tonight is to see the supernatural power in this troubling time. Let's realize tonight you would ever lose his power. And that's what I want you to see tonight. So I want to ask you again, do you have a vision? Do you have a clear visual. And the scripture say, in the days that us I died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Sometimes tragedies have to happen for people to be able to see God. Tragedies have to come for a nation to realize that they are not able and capable of doing it electronically and all, all out of all the uh certainly the education, out of all the prosperity that man has now, they cannot erase this virus. But you must realize that you are servant of God will wonderfully see you through. And you must have a clear visual on God. And in this time, you must be able to see God in ways like you never have seen him before. And the only way you'll be able to see him, you have to have a clear vision on God. In the time that we are in, in this season, Satan is trying to block somebody's view. He's trying to make you feel like that it's, it's not going to be all right in your soul. But you've got to realize 
and reckon within yourself that greater is he that is in me. I see him working. I see God is working. And you got to realize every day of your life, you got to speak to yourself in Scripture, and you say, greater is God that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you believe that, Bishop? As a matter of fact, I'm glad you asked. I know that. God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. And not only in the good time, not only when we get ready for vacation, not only when we get a raise on the job, but even in this time that we are living in, i got a clear vision on God. And he looks just as sweet and just as good and just as wonderful and looks just as majestic to me as he ever looked, more so because I see him working it out in the believer's life. Can somebody say amen? So in this day, in this hour, we must have a clear vision upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must understand again that Satan, again, I want to say that again, reiterate that again, that Satan would like to block your view. And you must realize sometimes in life, naturally so, when you go somewhere and you went there, maybe it be a church service or maybe it be a singing or concert or whatever you go and you are sitting there, I'm standing there, sometimes you have to move from where you are so you can see. Somebody said, where are you going? You say, I can't see where I'm at. So in this day and time when the, when the situations uh, is trying to block you from looking to God, you have to move from where you are. You have to move from where you are in your prayer life. You have to move in from where you are in your fasting. Maybe you just fast a half a day, but move where you are and fast a whole day or two days. In your prayer life, maybe you just pray five minutes, but take it, take your time and pray 15 minutes and see God and meditate God. If you really think about it, and I was thinking the other day, and the Lord was speaking to me the other day, and, I, and when I thought about this subject matter, do you have a visual and to have a clear visual of God? If the people of God could think about this, uh, the, the shutdowns and the things that we all are affected by this, uh, not only sinner people are affected, but it filters on down to us. The difference is the different in the way that you handle a situation. If you have Jesus, you know that he can help you get through this. And people that don't have him, they're men and women most miserable. But the Lord began to speak to me and let me know something that is so profound. It's not my words, but it's his word. He let me know for the most part, we're going to have more time at home than we ever had in our lives. We're going to have more time to read our Bible. We're going to have more time to pray. We're going to have more time with our families. We're going to have more time to reminisce about some things that we were too busy to do. We can really think about it. We have more time to do that. And you think about this. If you look at it in a spiritual way, he allowed me to know, said, Larry, it's like having a shut-in with me. Now, now, talk to me tonight. Talk back to me tonight. What is it tonight? What a thrill it is to have a shut-in with Jesus. So when you come out 
And when, when church service and when the bells tone again at our church and we get to go to church again, how much more power should we have because we have seen a clear vision of God? We've seen God in his majestic power. God is using all these things to form a testimony. When some people get talking, just experience meeting. Some people go down to experience meeting and they have to get through testifying. And I ask the question sometimes, when are you going to testify to the glory of God? But some of these things are happening to form a testimony in the people of God that we say, I've seen God when I was in, when we were counting in and couldn't go out. I've seen God when I went to the grocery store and a lot of food went there. I've seen God when the hospitals were full and I thank God that I wasn't numbered with them. I've seen God when other people was around me were afraid and I had to comfort somebody. I had to tell somebody that God is able to carry them through. So I'm asking the question, do you have a visual? Can you see God in all his wonder, in all his power, in all his glory, in all his majesty? Can you see God in that way? Now, my brothers and sisters, I want to hold you real long, but I want to go back. I'm getting happy within my soul. I want to go back uh, today to Psalms 121 and 1 and 2. The great psalmist says, again, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. When we read that scripture, when we quote it, when we preaching that scripture, are we really truly understanding what the great psalmist said? Regardless of, in spite of, he's saying, I'm going to look to the hills. Because from looking up to the hills, that's where my strength is going to come from, looking to the hills. He said, and he goes on the second verse, and he said, my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. So he said, if, if in fact, who I'm looking to has the power and has the authority to make heaven and earth. If he can make heaven and earth, don't I feel like he can take care of my little problem? I'm going to just let you think about that a little while. He said, can I read again? My help cometh from the Lord. First lady is getting happy here. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. If he made the heaven. If he made the earth when he spoke and said, let there be in Genesis, if you got a visual on him, can't he carry you through these times that he's, that we are living in? And I'm going to give a resounding, yes, he can. He's able to do that. So something else in this psalm that I want you to be aware of, and a lot of people quoting, a lot of people shouting from me, a lot of people uh, sing it in, in, in choirs, and they're getting happy about it. And and sometimes the people that are getting happy about it, they let go of God's hand. Sometimes people, uh, they'll quote that, uh, they will say that, but they don't have a clear vision of God. They get weak, they get cold, unconcerned, they don't want to come to church no more. They they just, some people leave God, but they just got quoting, uh, through quoting that scripture. And I believe with all my heart, what happened it is, what happened, he, he says this again, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. I really believe they were looking, but they started looking the wrong way. 
they start looking the wrong way. And when you start looking the wrong way, when you get your mind on the problems of life and you look toward the problems, it'll bring depression, it'll bring low self-esteem, it'll bring anxiety and pain. Now, you may you may want to write this down. You may want to write this down. I feel like it will bless your soul. First lady, now, I feel like it will bless your soul. This is what I want to say. Satan wants us to maximize the problem. He wants us to maximize the problems that goes on in our life. Not only the virus, any problem that we have from this day forward, he wants us to maximize the problem. And Satan wants us to minimize the solution, wants us to maximize the problem. It's so big, it ain't going to get better. What am I going to do? He wants you to talk negative, negative things to yourself, okay? So he wants you to maximize the problem and minimize the solution. He wants you to make, uh, the, he wants you to make your problem a lot larger. And he wants to make your solution a lot smaller. But the people of God are just going to do the opposite. We're going to minimize, we're going to minimize the problem. And we're going to maximize the solution. Because Jesus Christ is my solution. Jesus Christ is your solution. Can you say amen? Now he says this to let you know the scripture did to have you in mind. Whatever comes, whatever goes, he's going to keep you going. He's going to keep you on course. He's going to allow you to have a clear vision. And Jude said it like this. Jude said it like this. Jude said, now, Larry, don't, don't, end, don't end it tonight unless you tell them what I say. I heard what you said in Psalms. I heard what you're talking about tonight. But Jude told me to tell you this. He said, Jude said, tell them this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. <laughs> Don't that sound like the maximization? Keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy. Oh, God. How can you have joy in times like this? We can have joy because joy is not external, but joy is, et- is in- inside of an internal. We can have joy because we... We know this. And the other Sunday, as the Lord led me to preach the message, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And through all of this, I'm going to find something to joy about. I'm going to find something to be happy about. And if you you really think about it, we think about it, and a lot of us cannot get to our buildings as such, but the building is not there. And and I was over in First Lady and I went over and prayed uh, Sunday, and we'll pray every Sunday for 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 the saints and for the whole world, and we're doing that. And the building is still there. But you know who the church is? The, the church is us. And if you realize and think about it, that's why we can get down and out because we understand we are the church. So you can, you can have church at home. And I talk about something, you have church at home. You can have church in your car. Some of y'all looking at me. Some of y'all listening to me tonight. Y'all know what it is to have church. Y'all know what it is to have church in your car. You know what it is to become overwhelmed with a song or with a message or so. You almost have to pull off on the side of the road. You can have church. You know why you can have, you can have church anywhere you go? Simply because you have a vision. You have a vision of God and you realize 
Church is in you. And when church is in you, it'll show up everywhere you go. Let me get back to this scripture. I'm getting happy here. So he says in the 25th verse, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever, he says, amen. The question is tonight, as the winding sung the song many years ago, the question is, do you have a vision? And I'm going to close momentarily, but I hope something has been said to help you along your way to understand that you see God and look to him beyond what you see with the natural and look to him in a spiritual eye. you got to realize in, in the vision. So he said, I look to the hills. And I just can't leave that alone. I looked at him. And it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like this. It's sort of like when you go to the, when you go to the eye doctor, when you go to get your eyes checked and, and you're sitting there in the chair and it's only a natural thing that we want to move our head. And the doctor, whether it be him or her, and they said, just follow my finger and we'll move our head and say, no, no, so don't move your head. Just, just move your eyes. Just move your eyes because if you move your eyes and and they they you are taking they are taking pictures of your eyes and seeing what's in your socket and everything and and and, you, and they'll say just follow my finger and sometimes we'll we'll do our head I've done that and says no don't move your head Mr Weathers just just do your eyes and so really what you got to do at that time you can't you can't use your head but but you gotta you gotta use your eyes you know sometimes Satan will try to play mind games uh, in your head. He, he'll try to have mind gates if it's not going to work out, if you're not going to get that job, if if, if things ain't going to work out for you. Some of you that listen to me tonight, y'all supervisors at the job, some of you on your jobs and different things, some of you in the medical field and different things like that, and Satan want to get in your head like it, it's going to be devastating for you. But God said, watch my eyes. Just, just follow my finger. Just follow my finger. So what is he saying that, Larry? He's saying, he's saying, all I want you to do is focus. And as, a, as, as people of God in this day and time that we're living in, we got to focus more on heavenly things. We got to focus more on the things of God. We got to we got to focus more. And if you really want to get happy, go back to the time that God saved you. What did He save you from? He saved you from sin, shame, and destruction. All right. Sin, he's keeping you from it. Destruction, he saved you from that. So destruction is going on. Sin is all around you, but he saved you from that. So he wants you to focus like that eye doctor wants us to focus. He, 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 God wants us to take our eyes, our eyes and focus and never, ever take our eyes off of him. Amen? Do you have a vision? I would like to say this, and I'm going to end with this scripture tonight. I want you to turn with me to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter, the 28th through the 31st verse. St. Matthew 14, 28 through 31. And while you find that, I'd like to say tonight, uh, again, as I said on the onset of the conference call, if anybody uh, listening to this message has strayed away from Jesus Christ, it's, it's the best time in the world to come back. If anybody listening to this message and 
and seeking God, you 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 know, you, you might be stuck somewhere and you feel like it's more to God. It is. It's more than Sunday. It's more than singing in the choir. He, he wants you to have a relationship with him. He don't want you to have a affair. People have a affair to serve with different men and women, but he wants somebody to have a relationship with him. He wants somebody to be willing to love him so and care for him so much they're willing to marry him and willing to uh, be what uh, they need to be in him. So if you're listening to this tonight and you feel like you've done too much, but I want you to know whatever you've done in sin, it don't have to keep you from having that visual. You can look up to him, and you go, and if you repent of your sin, tell God, I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. I've been a bad boy, bad girl, bad man, bad woman. I'm sorry. I want to turn from a wicked way. And you ask God. You, you don't have to be in the church. You can be just right here tonight. You can be in your home. You can be in your car. You can be anywhere you want to be. You repent of your sin. Say, God, I'm sorry. I want you to deliver me. I want you to deliver me from anything and everything. And God will do that. All you got to do is repent. Then once you repent... And he saves you, forgives you from your sins. Then you find a Bible-believing church. Find somebody that you can sit under as a praying man, a praying woman that will work with you because you are bathed in Christ. You need somebody to be there. And also, I want to say this. Find somebody that walks in integrity. Walk. Find somebody that's integrous. Find somebody that walks with a standard that they love God beyond anything on this earth. And you'll find your life will be wonderfully blessed. All right? Last thing, I'm going to end this. It's been a wonderful session tonight. I feel it in my soul. Uh, St. Matthew 14, 28, and 31. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. 31st says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? We know this story word for word and, and verse by verse where Peter was coming to Jesus, and he got afraid, and he began to sink. But the love of Jesus Christ did not let him drown. Somebody tonight, without this visual, you might feel like that you're sinking. And somebody tonight, with the vision, with the visual of God, somebody that loves Jesus more than anything and anybody, because of the weight of the world, that you feel like that you're you're thinking. But I come to you tonight with a visual. You keep your eyes on Jesus, and you will not drown. And the great thing about it, he cried out for help. And I want to encourage everybody that's listening under the sound of my voice. If you need help, cry out for help. Call somebody to pray for you. Have somebody to be a prayer partner for you. When you're going through it, rather than saying what Satan's saying, he wants to block your visual, he'll say, well, just give up. Just stop. Satan try to make it look like it's easy to quit rather than go on. But Satan is alive. God, like he did Peter, will help. He helped him, and he will help you. God bless your heart. I hope something was said along these lines to help you along your way. 
because I say so many times, every circumstance, situation won't last always. If there is a way into something, God is that way out. And I thank my lovely wife for being such a help to me, and she's excited about this ministry. It seems like it's taking us to a, a new level of ministry, and we're loving it uh, uh, together, and we're going at it together. Uh, text us, let us know. Text us, let us know what this meant to you tonight. And until the next time, we're praying uh, for Sunday, if the Lord's will would be here. You don't want to miss Sunday's message, what God will have to say to you. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor that in down in Danville, Kentucky, at Vision Church of Holiness, there is a man that is preaching the uncompromising word of God. I say peace be unto you until we meet again. God bless you.